0: I can't go on Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt and this is Cutting Through the Matrix on the 20th of June 2012 For newcomers, as always I suggest you make good use of CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com You'll see a bunch of sites listed there, these are all the official sites I have And if you find sticking on downloading any of the talks on one, try the other, because a lot of folk go into the comm at the same time. And remember, to all those sites, apart from audios, carry transcripts in English for print-up. And if you go into EU, you can get transcripts in other languages. So, I... What I do is basically go through the big agenda, and we're living through a script. It's like a long, long long-running soap opera where they made all the episodes long ago, and down through the years, they've been on a series of one, two, and three made years ago, and we see the big the big uh, things happening in our, in our lifetime. That's what it is, because the G20, when they meet, it's, there's no debate there. It's just a big booze-up and a great meal. And the Sherpas that work in advance over the years have already done all the treaties, signed, got them all drafted up, and and they're all on board with consensus, and they simply sign them into law without our consent, of course. So you're run by a system that's supranational, is super uh, it's, it's beyond a democracy. In fact, it's not democratic at all. And it's run really at the top by the big bankers, because if you look at the Sherpas that that each country sends out, these are the guys who work for your your central banking systems and some of the big top uh, private banks as well. That's who drafts up all these treaties to do with sustainability and everything else and and the redistribution of your wealth across the world for the IMF. That's who drafts all this stuff up. The G20 is a show, as is a Rio uh, show as well. The Rio had 20 years making up uh, compiling up thousands of pages of we want," uh, you know it's all we want this we want that uh, for years and years and years and i put it into perspective for you so you don't get lost and believe they're only deciding right now as a show now Remember too, you're the audience that bring me to you. You can help me continue by buying the books and discs at com. and you can donate as well. And from the US to Canada, remember, you can still use personal checks and international postal money orders from the post office. You can send cash or you can use PayPal. And across the world, you've got Western Union, MoneyGram and PayPal once again. Because as I say, I don't be on advertisers as guests. I don't terrify you with terrible tales of physical woes that you're all going to get and promise you the cure. I simply give you the hard facts. Some people can't stand hard facts, and I understand that too. It's a hard thing to take to realize that pretty well everything that happens in life is run by psychologists, neuroscientists, uh, economists, and so on, and, of course, the, the culture industry is all part of it. They're all tied together, and we are given basically a fake reality in order to gain our compliance as we go through the biggest changes that, that have happened in many, many generations. Uh, they, they have written about this. It's is not my own idea. They've written about this from the council and Foreign Relations. The big bureaucrats at the top put out their memoirs, and they tell you where it's going, and people in the inside... We're uh, writing in the, in the 40s and 50s telling you exactly where you'd be beyond 2000 to 2012. And we we're going through every darn thing that these guys said they would bring on because they planned the future, you see. Even right down to how long it would take to disrupt the family unit step by step over a period of, of 40, 50 years. And they're bang on target with everything. But again... It's all working with the culture industry. Very easy to do. It's not difficult at all. Especially, once again, you've formatted into your educational system. Very, very, very... Uh, you've got to give a big hand to these guys because they do it very well. And meanwhile, we're kept in illusion land, thinking that big decisions are just happening in our lifetime, on the spot by what you think are your chosen leaders. And they're not your leaders at all. Back with more after this break. Hey folks, we're back cutting through the matrix and it truly is a crazy world if you, uh, if you really believe in the system and you believe you're on the cutting edge at the forefront of change and that somehow you've got something to do with it. That's even, that's actually insane. But in reality, you're living through a script, a script that's literally, uh, is easy to run because it's run, it was, and the whole idea was invented and dreamed up by money boys in the 1800s formed their big, gigantic clubs and decided to take over the world, all the resources in it, including people. And that's where we're going today. Of course, they say it's for peace. You see, bring peace to the world when all the, the people down there can't think anymore. Look around you, it's pretty well working. Look at the people around you. They can't leave their little cell phones alone. They're always staring at the darn thing when there's no noise coming off. it. Like, something should happen. They can't, literally, they can't think. In fact, they're scared to think by themselves. And silence terrifies them. That's behavior modification. And it's addictive as well. Very, very addictive. The techniques that are used. And that's why most folk don't mind. They'll actually compromise themselves into zombie land basically. So we're, we're run by neuroscientists, behaviourists, uh, psychologists, and all the professionals are in on, on, on board with this global sustainability, austerity agenda in order that the bankers and the, prep, the proper people can rule the world. They, they, they think it should be run by them and they, they'll run it properly, not the haphazard way of people having personal rights and freedoms and terrible things like that that get in the way of progress, you understand. And that really is a very, very simple, how, how it, it's looked upon. And also, too, they believe that so the rest of the world must be culled down to a certain level where it can be managed by uh, the superior type that all live in big, high-tech cities, as I've said at the Department of Defense's think tank, and while well, the rest of you die off in the outer wilderness areas. But first they want global government, almost like a chess game. They've got, they got the chess game one, you see, to prove they could do it, and then they dismantle the whole idea of the world government. They won't need it anymore. That's really what they got planned. So you're, you're living through these massive changes, and not just changes to do with the mind and and behavior modification, but also changes to do with physical uh, ability as well, because the IQ has plummeted in the last 12 years or so. The same tests given to every generation have plummeted. That's the new normal. There's no crisis about it, because the boys at the top... I've made it happen, obviously. They know what's causing it, the injections, the, f- the poisoned food you're getting, the spraying in the sky that no one wants to talk about. And uh, we're living in a Disneyland, a Disney world indeed. But it's a kind of horror show at the same time if you are awake and you see it all going on. But again, most people get caught up in, in the now, you see. Even though they study and you can say, yeah, that's true, you know, they, they had all these meetings for the last hundred years about this part of the agenda, that part of the agenda, uh, and so you make sense of the continuity of it all, they still get caught up when the media suddenly blurts out some story to do with this present stage of it, and you're right, right back in the present and the, the now, and we're on the cutting edge again, and you're lost, you're, or vote for so-and-so, you know, vote for so-and-so. And you spin your wheels for four or five years and do nothing, because this guy is going to do it all for you. And then he joins other teams and things like that, which is standard politics. As I said before many times, if voting changed anything to help the public, it would be made illegal. And it would, because you're not living in democracy. You're in fact, democracy was a sham to begin with. The elite had no intentions of giving rights to the the general people. Their whole intention is to take them away from you because you're all technically insane according to the, uh, the American Association of Psychiatry and the World Association of Psychiatry. We're all technically insane at the bottom. We make insane choices, insane decisions. And the better people, you see, have got to manage us all, one way or another. And that's what all of this is about. Plus bringing you down in numbers, thinning the herd, Uh, and making more money for themselves as they do it all through fees, taxations, carbon taxes, energy taxes, uh, etc., etc., until you have nothing left to spend and buy that extra chocolate bar. In fact, you won't be able to afford the chocolate bar with all its energy taxes tacked on top of that too. Now, there's a good little cartoon out on austerity, and they've given you the the wonderful, uh, great success story of Latvia, you see, on austerity. They've come through it all, you see. And this is the the wonderfulness of great success story at Latvia. I'll put that up tonight for you to have a, a chuckle because it's more it's more truthful than the rubbish you're reading in the mainstream papers. Also tonight, and we've known this before when the Stuxnet virus came out. We know, because eventually admitted that the U.S. and and Israel, the militaries, had both combined to make it, you see. And, of course, the flame one came out after that one. And now again, they admit, yeah, uh, Israel and the U.S. developed the flame computer virus to slow Iranian nuclear efforts, the officials say, Washington Post. Now, do you feel safe? with these characters who have the ability to hack computers that deal with nuclear facilities all over the planet. And what happens, for instance, when they create some sort of alert at one of these facilities and the computers are supposed to kick in automatically and deal with this and chuck valves off and turn valves on, of course, they won't say, when they've caused the problem, they'll say, oh, look at that, That a meltdown happened. They'll keep their mouths shut, of course. This is the beauty of covert cyber attacks. From the very countries that are always prattling about the world, having cyber attacks against them. They're at the forefront of doing it themselves. And they can cause meltdowns anywhere across the planet. Think about it, folks. You're paying for this with your tax money. Think about it. It says the US and Israel jointly developed a sophisticated computer virus nicknamed Flame that collected intelligence in preparation for cyber-sabotage, aimed at slowing Iran's ability to develop a nuclear weapon, according to Western officials with knowledge of the effort. The massive piece of malware secretly mapped and monitored Iran's computer networks, sending back a steady stream of intelligence to prepare for a cyber-warfare campaign, according to the officials. The effort involving the National Security Agency, the CIA and Israel's military has included the use of destructive software such as Stuxnet virus to cause malfunctions in Iran's nuclear enrichment equipment. You understand, this is even better than 9-11. You can simply make any uh, nuclear reactor melt down by switching off all its backups and stand back and go, oh, look what's happened, there must be terrorism. And then give you a whole bunch of new laws to to take all your rights away. It's a dangerous world. And you know something about government? The problem is government problem is government it's not your government they're all on board this world agenda at all costs the end justifies the means whatever it takes in other words to get it through they will do that's where we are and sustainability there's they're all down having a big feasts down at rio and of course they've got the, the, the g20 on the go as well so they hop back and forth to the two meetings same people and uh, have great meals and, and lots of good booze uh, etc and as they say it's laid on for them and then they, they sign all the draft treaties that have been written up over many many years and presented to the public as though they did it themselves they don't even read them they don't these politicians don't even read the bills especially the omnibus but who can when you're given six seconds to, to comment on it how could you read thousands of pages But these treaties, you know, have to affect all of our lives to bring us into a single economic system worldwide. Just again, look at the Milner Group uh, a long time ago, uh, the Royal of International Affairs that morphed out of it, the Council on Foreign Relations. Uh, that's all came out of it across the whole planet. These are the guys who run the world, who think they know better than anyone else how it should be run. But the bankers are at the top, because that's who started off the whole kit and caboodle of the Milner Group and the Royal Institute of International Affairs. But the anti sustainability. There's too many of you at the bottom. Now, Charles Galton Darwin said that very well in his book, very clearly, uh, as he boasted on behalf of his own class, you might say. Uh, that uh, there were going to be too many people at the bottom, you know, the weeds, as, as Margaret Sanger called them, the weeds, uh, who wouldn't fit in to a post-industrial society. They'd be obsolete, and they keep breeding, which would mean they'd take all the good stuff from the earth, which uh, the offspring of the Darwins, etc., would need in the future for their own offspring. So, no, they don't plan on sharing it with anyone. Uh, they want you all to simply die, one way or another, or they'd make it happen. And they went on ending with the cost factors of keeping elderly alive, and all of that. After, mind you, they destroyed the family unit because the family used to look after their grandparents till they did die. You see? Great technique. First you destroy the family unit. Oh, we'll take care of the elderly for you. You get 20 years of it and then say it costs too much. Then they offer them the euthanasia pill. You understand that it's all strategy. It's not difficult to understand. This is strategy. This is how you deal with vast herds of humans. You use strategies that are very, very old because they understand perfectly how we all think. Most folk do not think. They don't think. They take things for granted, especially because you've been domesticated and you believe that the masters would never be so nasty as to do that to you. So here's a good article here from a British newspaper to do with the the doctor's chilling claim. It says, top doctors, the National Health Service kills off 130,000 elderly patients every year. So, see, they're doing their bit for sustainability and for the economy. You see, that's 130,000 less people that will collect the rest of their pensions are gone now. Now the government can use it for better things like building oh coal-fired plants in India with your tax money and things like that, you see. So, professor says doctors use death pathway to euthanasia of the elderly. Treatment, on average, brings a patient to death in 33 hours. That's pretty efficient. It could be faster yet, though. And it says around 29% of patients that die in hospital are on controversial care pathway. That's what they call it. It's a care pathway, is is euthanasia. It's death. It's so are well in the, the wording they, they use, but they, they're very good at using neurolinguistics. to make it sound like a care pathway. Your granny's going to a care pathway. So you go home thinking, well, that's good. She's in, in good care, and she's probably on a pathway to health. Yeah. It says a pensioner admitted to hospital given treatment by doctor on weekend uh, shift, it says. It says here, the National Health Service doctors are prematurely ending the lives of thousands of elderly hospital patients because they're difficult to manage or to free up beds, a senior consultant claimed yesterday. That's what they do, they drug them. And then they turn them with their food away and have them dead in 33 hours. That's good business, so huh? They are efficient, you know, when they want to be back with more after this break. Hi folks, I'm back cutting through the matrix talking about the real system and how it works and how everything's got a double meaning that's often an opposite meaning in reality, very Orwellian and have care pathways in Britain and other countries to bump off the elderly. And 33 hours, that's their, their method right now, because they're too cheap, actually, to give them the euthanasia pill that will come next when they start making it in China and they get it for a cent or two. Because everything's about saving money. Your usefulness is over. You're not a good consumer and producer anymore. And, and then you're going to start using your pension that you paid for, of course, and have invested millions of times over for every dollar you put into it and reaped millions back. But, uh, no, they don't want you to have that either. Uh, it's too much for them. They want all the profit. So that's all you are, as a profit-making unit. And once your usefulness is over, they want to bump you off and get rid of you very quietly and cheaply. It says there are around 450,000 deaths in Britain each year of people who are in hospital. That's a scary statistic, isn't it? Or under National Health Service care. Around 29% of them, or 130,000, are of patients who are on the liver care pathway, the euthanasia pathway, but that's all all the rest and 450,000 deaths in in the hospital every year, that's scary eh? anyway, I'll put this link up uh, tonight and for those who care, most folk don't care until they're in that position and then there's no one there to to care about you either that's how it works And, and that's how the big boys who designed it know it works as well and I love doublespeak, I just love doublespeak. Uh, this is from Scotland. Scotland really has been commandeered by the same people who run every other country really in a, in a sort of a socialist form. And I've given them Mr. Alex Salmond, S-A-L-M-O-N-D, and, uh, to run the country supposedly and all of his cronies uh, under the guise of giving them independence. And the title of this is that, it is so, it's so so socialistic, almost communistic, it boggles the mind. But it says that, um, really, that they're going to give, Scotland's going after independence, but it will be interdependent. How's that? So they're going to cry, independent. But be interdependent. In other words, you're under the global European system of the big monsters at the top. So I'll just that's all I'll say about this rubbish, and I'll, I'll pass on to something else because that's all it is. It's rubbish, isn't it? Inter, independence through interdependence. Oh God. MMR, measles, mumps and rubella, This is a mother's victory, the vast majority of doctors say there's no link between a triple jab and autism, but could an Italian court case reignite this controversial debate? Because a landmark ruling in an Italian court has said that Valentino because autism was provoked by the MMR jab he had at the age of nine months. I'll put this link up as well, because it's happening all the time. It's been happening for years, and they keep poo-pooing it, because you see, all the doctors are too terrified, and also they're so greedy they don't want to lose their licenses. They'd rather keep going and lie and give the babies these jabs, seeing the outcomes, and collect their big fat paychecks. That's the reality of medicine. And millions will see pensions slashed by up to 20% as the new economic union rules are set to send annuities plummeting, it says. So the old age pension with £100,000 pension pot could see retirement income plunge by £1,167 per year, obviously plus inflation and everything else involved. And um, so this article here goes on, it says millions of people could see the value of their pensions slashed by 20%. Uh, those with a 100,000 pension fund could be more uh, than £1,100 per year worse off. The Solvency 2 rules, it called, it's called Solvency 2 rules, which are due to come out into effect in January 2014, will force pension funds to hold a higher proportion of safe government bonds, which really is just the, the big central banks, you know, the big private central banks. That's what it's about. Lord Leach of Fairford weighs in on Nature's Denier gaff. it's called. And it's about, uh, you understand the terminology again, it's psycholinguistics and neurolinguistics that they use on the general public all the time. All marketing does, by the way. The, the, if you wanted and it's a technique invented again by um, uh, the, the the soviet crowd that morphed into the green party that is also part of the the, the the um Frankfurt school and the and a various bunch of other ones too what you 'd simply do is to is to um, hit on anything that, that's against you by any means possible using derogatory terminology especially like Nazi or anti-something or whatever or, or, or phobic, you know, all this rubbish and to, to train you to train you actually and it works very well because most folk do get trained that way but they're calling people anyone who's against the so-called science is put out to the general public who check up on it uh, and who don't agree are now called deniers Like holocaust denier oh, You see that's where it came from It's a great technique isn't it So you're a climate denier, climate change denier like Some awful dirty person You see So there's a Lord Leach of Fairford He's coming in on the big debates uh, and, and answering back about what a denier is It says The use of the term denier does your journal a disservice Both for its vagueness and for its insulting overtone He's replying to nature climate change uh, a magazine. What does a denier denies? It's certainly not climate change nor global warming since records began in the late 19th century, nor the likelihood of human influence on temperatures. That's what then? What is a denier? A denier denies certainty on a complex and still young scientific subject. A denier, a denier questions assumptions about the, the near irrelevance of solar, oceanic, and other non-anthropogenic influences on temperature. A denier prefers evidence to model predictions. You know, these computer predictions. A denier tests alarming predictions against actual observations. In short, a denier exhibits the symptoms of genuine seeker after scientific truth. Back with more after this. You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Because you can handle the truth. Hi folks, I'm back cutting through the matrix and I just had to let that guitar riff go there because it's, sometimes you want to scream and your guitar is better at screaming than you are. Now it says that uh, when you see wealthy people uh, blowing to, of course, a fine upstanding community uh, end up in the stand and, and in court to do with molesting children, this is so different how they treat them, isn't it? It's because of lots of cash and uh, compared to somebody else off the street they would do it. And it's about the Sandusky trial, as he not un- try to normalize it, you see. Using, again, terminology is very important, how you use terminology to the general public. And the wife of Sandusky is up, the guy who's accused. It says, Dottie, so her name, Dottie Sandusky, takes a stand. and says, my husband's accusers are conniving and clingy, and I would have heard screams if someone was sexually abused in my basement. Because apparently that's where he took most of them down there to the waterbed in the basement. And uh, it says... Um, that she remembers most of these accusers and never witnessed them having sexual contact with the ex-Penn State football coach. And she put up his bail and all the rest of it, and uh, she doesn't know. She's simply stunned and doesn't know why people would actually accuse her husband of doing anything like that. Just, you know, one of these things. Anyway, the victims, different victims, up to I think nine or more, have testified last week that he was attacked uh, by Jerry Sandusky in the basement of their home and cried out for help while Dottie Sandusky was upstairs, but she never responded. I think it's it's something to do with having good status and wealth and a good position in the community, and you get selective hearing. But anyway, it says here that the accusers have said that Sandusky directed them to the basement, where they she sometimes molested them on the waterbed that was in the room. And then they bring in the psychologists, because you you can afford good ones, you know. And you can really select them, too, if you're on trial. You can pick the ones that you want. And Tuesday, a psychologist testifying for the defense in the Jason Dusky trial said the former coach has a a personality disorder characterized by excessive emotionality and attention-seeking, it says and he also was on to say he's got a histrionic personality disorder well that technically is a term that he used for a psychopath by the way if you don't know that the circle attention seeking psychopath often they go into acting and things like that or they become politicians if you look into the psychiatric books under that category I'm not kidding you that's how it is and it says, Atkins explained to the court that people with the disorder often interact with other, others in an inappropriate, seductive ways. Because they like to seduce the child. That's part of the, the fun they get at seduction of young children who are immature. That's how they get their tallies, actually. Is it? So anyway, I'll put this article up tonight, too, for those who are still following it. Because Canada's got its own Hannibal the Cannibal case going on right now as he came back from Germany, of course. The guy that's changed his name about three times to find the real one and um, and he's, he's got some lesions on his face too that guy in the black ones that you used to see with uh, with AIDS carriers so that'll probably come out later on too we'll wait and see now Canada up until oh, about 2004 or so would often use the name uh, for, for the guys who rule it that is and all the big writers and those in the security teams in Canada uh, special security uh, for the governments and that, they all belonged to the Canadian Institute for International Affairs, which they would often interchange with the Council on Foreign Relations, like the American branch, when they met them. And in 2005, they came out altogether, having drafted up the whole uh, treaty for the complete amalgamation of the Americas. This admitted on television in Canada, 2005. That they had drafted it all up and presented it to governments, and of course the three amigos, uh, two, two presidents and the prime minister went down and, and signed it. And of course, and, and every year since they signed a further integration up to 2010. And, that, and because myself and others exposed it, uh, their terms and what they were doing and all the rest of it, even though the top politicians belonging to this, like Lloyd Ather- Axworthy who came on television under their own banner as the Council of Foreign Relations, they changed their name to, to this one here, for those who don't know it, and it's called CIGI. And uh, it's the Centre for International Governance Innovation. Now, that's what the term they call the Council on Foreign Relations in Canada today, for those who don't know it. Because we have got a big job in Canada. Canada's always quiet, you see. We keep out uh, uh, the limelight. We, we've got the best bacterial warfare business in the planet. We've run it since the 1940s. And, uh, and we're also into big strategic plans across the whole planet because uh, the limelight is off Canada, you see. The U.S. takes all the heat and Canada does all the, the brain work. But it's says Centre for International Government's Innovation. So their job is to get the, the New World Order government, the whole system of governance across the planet, up and working properly, you see. And so they've got a website up too for the G20 Los Cabos Summit and it's their expert commentary and analysis. And it's, so, it's quite comical because um, they mention the CFR members, etc., from the States and all that, but they don't tell the public that the ones who are writing this are members of the Canadian branch of the CFR. It's so, so well done, isn't it? So it says a G20 meet, meters leading Los Cabos, access to CG blog, C-I-G-E, videos and publications for expert commentary and analysis. So they give you what you're supposed to think, and all media then in kind Canada of follows them because they have their members in the heads of all media, just like the CFR does in the States. And television, too, and all the rest of it. So wherever they, they publish something, you can bet your bottom dollar that's what's coming up, and that will happen, whatever they say, because they are all work on it to make it happen. Canadian airports are being wired with listening equipment that will record conversations. Well, we're already getting watched, but now they want to have your record conversations as well. So if you see cameras and microphones to put passengers at the Ottawa airport under greater scrutiny than ever before. And... Um, this is airports and border crossings across Canada are being wired with high definition cameras and microphones that can eavesdrop on travellers' conversations, according to the Canada Border Services Agency. So whenever you go down to the borders, just have a regular chit chat, talk about movies and things. Otherwise you'll be suspicious. Because there's a little post put up all on the way that can, as you slow down in the lineup, they're listening to everything that you're saying. A CBSA statement said that the audio, video, monitoring and recording is already in place at unidentified CBSA sites and airports and border points of entry as part of an effort to enhance border integrity. And also that wonderful terminology, isn't it? You see the microtrovers work. To enhance border integrity. Yeah, We're not, we're not going to spy on you all. No, we're enhancing border integrity. Infrastructure and asset security and health and safety. <laughs> Maybe they're listening for you coughing, eh? As part of the work, it says the agency is introducing audio monitoring equipment as well. It's important to note, it says, that even though audio technology is installed, no audio is recorded at this time. It will become functional at a later date, the CBSA spokesman Chris Keeley said in a written statement. Uh, but whenever that occurs, the technology will record conversations, the agency said, in a separate statement in response to questions from the Ottawa citizen. So, yeah, no permission, nothing, just ram it on ahead for your To, to enhance security, safety, and health even. Oh, that's not too bad, eh? Now, one of the, the Gaia uh, scientists, you know what the Gaia Mother Earth nonsense they came out with, is part of this big movement for the Greenies and us in sustainability, meaning poverty for all the masses. And uh, remember, the Green Party was, was invented by Madeleine Albright's uh, grandfather, who was the best pal of Stalin. He worked with them all the time. And they came up with hands at the end of communism, when we're supposed to interlock with the West. Remember, it was eventually to, to merge with the West into a system not quite communist, not quite capitalist. That's, that's what we're in today. And so they, they created the Green Party, and that's what came out of the Soviet system, thanks to Madeleine Albright's granddad. But they came up with the Gaia idea to just get the young folk interested. Oh, Gaia's going to fight back. Gaia's a living organism. Oh, it's the mother goddess, all that stuff. And then they brought out James Lovelock, of course, with all these massive predictions of, oh, doom and gloom and, and, and well, he's cracking up. Actually, he's fracking up, this guy. Because now he's changed his whole tune. It says now he's got another Zinger the Greens will be none too happy to hear in the middle of the Rio plus twenty. That disturbance in the force felt earlier today was a wailing and gnashing of teeth heard from eco followers worldwide when they heard the father of Gaia say the much hated and maligned fracking process is okay. <gasps> I can't wait to see the Romulans and the Macibonites spin this one, it says, except from excerpt from The Guardian by Leo Hickman. Given that Lovelock predicted in 2006 that by this century's end, billions of us will die, oh, you're all going to die, and the few breeding pairs of people that will survive will be in the Arctic where the climate remains tolerable, this new laissez-faire attitude to our environmental fate smells and sounds like a stretching of handbrake turn as he's changed his tune. Indeed, earlier this year he admitted to the MSNBC in an interview report around the world with somewhat mocking headlines along the lines of doom-mongers recants, he says that he'd been extrapolating too far in reaching such a conclusion and hadn't made a mistake in claiming to know with such certainty what will happen to the climate. I mean, he was one of the top gurus of the, of the we're all going to die group, you know, unless. Mind you, Prince Charles tried that back then too. He said, well, what, three or four months to fix it all or we're all dead. We're still all here. So he, he came out with the same prattle again. Mind you, look at his school record. I mean, he failed everything. That They had to give them a job somewhere, didn't they? So there you go. The world's really cracking up or fracking up, according to this one. And then you've got, uh, uh, as I say, uh, I'll put that link up. You've got, you got to see that link to do with the, the Latvian austerity success story. It's really pretty good. And in Australia, because they're really getting all ready, you see, to sort of cordon off China, like they've cordoned off the old Russia system with missiles and all that. I'll put up tonight, by the way, uh, stories on Australia to do with the first troops coming into Australia from the US of course as they start building up the strength to cordon off that whole region to make sure everybody's on board with the global agenda since after all they've been working on it for a 100 years and I'll put up two from the Washington State Department. It says, Washington Declaration on Defense, cooperation between the Department of Defense of the United States of America, and it's also another one, by the way, and the Ministry of Defense of New Zealand, because they're going to put troops in there as well from the U.S., the policemen of the world. That's the function of the U.S. We've got Australia and New Zealand as they start ramping up the military. They've made all their treaties and everything else to get ready for it all. And of course, you're paying for it as well, mind you. And it says here, uh, that uh, this article here, uh, I've just wrote down. Foreign recruits are on fast track in Australia. That's quite interesting. See, understand, there are no countries. It's like it's like the movie Network. There's no countries anymore. There's only international corporations with the big international moneylenders at the top of them, who generally own the corporations. By the way, if you didn't know that. And all this stuff about reality and your nation and, and uh, you're, you're proud to join the military, it's all guff. It's called guff, by the way, you know, uh, because they just use you like, as mentioned the other night there, what uh, Kissinger said that's, that soldiers, uh, especially in America, he was talking about in the military, he said soldiers are, are simply uh, dumb, stupid animals who are to be used for foreign policy. He's, ca- he's quite right in that respect because, you see, you're given propaganda but never truth. Enough propaganda to get you angry to go off and kill all oh, the ragheads the rag, or the gooks or whoever it is today, you see. And the Japanese, during World War II, look at all the old recruit posters. You see these little Japanese with big, big round eyeglasses on. Because they're all supposedly short-sighted and, and with kind of buck teeth, big long teeth like a, a, a rat. That's how you demonize the enemy. But it doesn't matter to the public. There's always young guys ready to join up because they're, they're stupid. They, they haven't got any wisdom. And they all think they're immortal at that age too. So the big boys that use you to plunder so that they can steal the land and uh, the resources of other countries, uh, they actually say that you're dumb, stupid animals. That's a great quote from Kissinger. The Australian Defence Force will beef up, and it's the same in Australia, foreign recruits. See, everybody's depending now on foreign recruits. After Parliament passed a law to allow family members to become citizens in just 90 days. How's that, folks? In the past, the spouse and children of a foreign soldier, sailor or flyer joining the Australian military had to be permanent residents for four years before they could qualify for citizenship. The government bill introduced to Parliament several days after a similar opposition bill was tabled also allows dependent children with a disability who don't to attend school and a dependent parent to be fast-tracked. Defence Minister, Minister Warren Snowden said the law was a result of months of work. Oh, months of work, who's kidding who? When did they do any work in that? This handed to a bunch of lawyers, you know, and then put the tab on to the public. In recent years, the Defence Force has sent out tentacles to numerous countries to fill highly skilled technical jobs such as pilots, submariners, warfare officers, and military police. In other words, they're too broke to to, to hire them and train them themselves. Even a, a foreign padre has been recruited. During the past three years, it's hired 573 foreign troops, who are accompanied by 603 family members. It does not poach foreign ministry personnel, but stands ready to hire any who qualify for jobs that cannot be filled by Australians. It means that they need bodies, and there's big things coming up in the future, folks. I can remember lots of guys in Britain and Scotland, especially uh, leaving the military and going right into the US military, even towards the latter part of the Vietnam War. And... uh, that's what they've always done. The U.S. has been famous for it, even during the the the, the Civil War. They had recruitment offices in Sweden and all over the planet uh, for the same thing. So there's nothing new, nothing new about it. It's just a body, you see, that might kill a few more of the enemy before you get killed. Uh, that's that's all they hope for. And we're awfully cheap, really, in it, but it, it works out. When you retire, there, or you ready to retire? there, They just fire you before you retire, like that article last night, and you can't get your pension. Agenda 21, how will it affect you? It says farm wars. And it's a video, I'll, I'll put that up tonight as well for those who want to have a, a little peek. Uh, it's the agenda 21, uh, which is getting ramped up now because now you've got the, the real plus 20 to back it up, or plus 12 backing it up. And um, you're going to see this is going to control every aspect of your life. It's written in complete bureaucraties, socialist style. Complete. And in Britain, they're also, uh, again, everything has to go private because, you see, there's big trouble coming down the pike across the whole world, especially the first world countries, as they ram austerity through and they cut back on welfare payments. And then those at the bottom are going to see the the prices increase before anybody else is hit by them. And there's going to be mass rioting. And they know this at the top. They plan for this for 20, 30 years. Every step that's happening today was planned many moons ago, folks. Many donkeys years ago. And a donkey's year is an awful long time. It says union warns on police privatisation. Well, you see, then the cops aren't, aren't uh, answerable to the general public when they privatise. Same with the military. That's the whole purpose of it. So the union in Britain uh, on police are complaining about police privatisation. The government's been warning been warned its plane with fire were plans to privatize parts of the police service after polls showed overwhelming opposition amongst the public. A survey of 2,000 adults for Univision showed that almost two-thirds did not want operational functions of local policing handed over to private companies. And remember, too, quickly said that, um, from the Council on Foreign Relations, he said that, uh, uh, that the future, which we're in now, has to be run by international private corporations. It's a new feudal system, you see. Far easier in, in the feudal, feudal days because they didn't have to answer it to the public. You just slaughtered them <laughs> and hung them. that. Uh, you know, were a lord. Uh, well, same thing with the big corporations. You can get what they want. But they've got to make sure they have their own armies and police in that way. In fact, see, a private police force is an army. Whether you like it, let's call it work. It's an army. They're all in uniform. And their job is to do what their bosses tell them. You're the peasant. You're the bosses. Like with more after this. Hi folks, I'm back. And also, tonight I want to mention... That uh, the NSA says that they won't say how many Americans they've spied on, because, and they cite privacy concerns. That's why they can't tell you they're spying on you. It's privacy concerns, isn't it? Beautiful Orwellian Matrix sort of mentality here as they bend reality round in spirals until you don't know where you are. This is, Want to know if the U.S. government has gone through your emails and listened in on your phone calls? National Security Agency says they can't consider such a request, and the reasoning is laughable, even by Washington standards. This is responding to requests made by recently by two leading lawmakers in Congress. The NSA has sent a letter saying that they refuse to reveal the number of Americans that they spied on through provisions made in 2008 to the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act's FISA, a legislation that allows the government to go through correspondence that they believe is being sent overseas. The reason he explains the NSA is that informing Americans about any spying they may have been subjected to would be damaging to personal privacy. (laughs) That's beautiful, isn't it? I can't tell you. It may damage your personal privacy. (laughs) Under the last batch of amendments, oh, we're just slaves, eh? The U.S. government has given the power to pry into email, phone logs and other modes of communication that cross international borders. All in the name of national security, of course. It's as little as known about how they use this act. However, Senators Ryan Wyden and Mark Udall appealed to the NSA for an answer. So they can't tell you. It might make me unhappy or something. Maybe you have a nervous breakdown. Do you realize you're getting spied on like that? And then Britain, too. Um, Britain's got the new communications bill out as well, as they go after all postal mail now. And uh, I'll put that up tonight, uh, the article on it, and also the, the link to the government, so you can download the whole, P- you can download the PDF yourself. So it's called the UK Communications Bill. So I'll put that one up for those who are interested in what's happening to them. Most folk don't care; they're too happy with their iPods and their cell phones and their high definition and their. They really are, most of them, aren't they? Or or following politics and voting. (laughs) And it says here too, this is an article about uh, Victoria and BC and how the Occupy movement is all controlled from the top. I'll put this link up tonight. It shows you some of the top players in it uh, that are professional NGO leaders funded by the big players that are so well known and by the, the big foundations. I'll put this one up tonight as well. And also to do, I'll put up the, the first contingent of U.S. Marines arrive arrived in Darwin, 200 of them. They, they will go up to two and a half thousand. Uh, and there'll be a lot more than that eventually. And it says that they, because, you see, India uh, and, these, and China, you know, China pulled itself up by its own bootstraps, you know, apart from the fact that we funded China into existence as it is today. Uh, through the IMF and, and the World Trade Organization, all your tax money plus deals to buy all their stuff, etc. We made China what it is. So now that we've made it what it is, oh, it may become too powerful. And we're in the process now of putting all your tax money, the redistribution of wealth, a la Karl Marx and, and Lenin, um, to, to India. It's just doing the same with India. So we're, we're pumping up India that might be a future enemy. So why are we doing it in the first place? Huh? It's a game the bankers play with us all. Eh? So they have to go into the, the China Sea, just in, just in case, you know, just in case, you see. As we make them all wealthy, we've got to make sure that we start paying now for troops to monitor them all, and air forces, and all the rest of the usual hoopla. Because, folks, you're living a fantasy. A fantasy. And most of you follow the Pied Pipers and never figure it out. From Hamish Massella from Ontario, Canada, it's night to me, your God, or your God's go with you.